What's going on, guys? Real quick before I start the show, um, I've not done this before, but this episode was the longest episode that I've recorded. So with that being the case, we are going to split it up into two weeks. So this week will be part one. Next week will be part two. And if you are someone who does not follow me on Instagram and you have not kind of seen what I'm doing on here, I'm going to break up these episodes into smaller little chunks. So if you don't have the time to sit for 30, 45 minutes, I've made it a little bit smaller, a little bit easier. And those episodes will be dropping Tuesday through Saturday. And it's just going to be little short segments, three to five minutes, hopefully something um, that is encouraging that's brought out from the full episode that's going to drop on Monday. So with that being said, this week, um, the conversation with Carl will be part one. And then next week will be part two, picking up the back end of it. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, I love you guys. Thank you again so much for listening um, each and every week. It's truly a blessing and honor to be able to speak in front of you guys each and every week. And I do not take that lightly. So um, thank you so very much. With that being said, hope you guys enjoy. God bless. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Contact Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so very much for checking us out today. And this is one that me and my man, Carl, have been in the works for a while, I've been trying to work it out, but just one thing after another has been happening. But, um, you know, we're going to get into his testimony and let him just share a little bit of what he does ministry wise and life wise and things like that. But uh, first, I just want to share a quick story with you guys real quick. So um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, um, you saw that I posted over the weekend that I was asked to speak at an online church service this past weekend. And that was something that was extremely cool because I've been praying for a while that the Lord would open doors and opportunities for me to um, just get moments like that where I can speak and, and just relay things that I feel like he's laid on my heart. And um, I woke up Saturday morning and uh, a guy had messaged me and he's like, hey, do you care to speak, um, you know, tomorrow morning? And so, it's, you know, not not a whole whole lot of uh, time to, uh, <laughs> you know, do prep work or whatever. But I, it was perfect because the Lord actually had laid um, a subject on my heart to speak on last year, last March. And I told the Lord whenever he laid that on my heart, like the second that you give me an opportunity to speak outside of like a podcasting platform, like I'm going to speak on it then. So I already had this this message prepared for like a year. And so I messaged the guy back and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm down, you know, you know, whenever. And uh, so then he messaged me back and he's like, why do I feel like you already have the topic? And I'm like, because the Lord gave me something to talk about over a year ago. And so um, it was awesome. And and just to to be able to speak. Um, on Palm Sunday, you know, a week before Easter and the topic that the Lord had laid on my heart was about grace. And so just just how grace paves the way for salvation and to be able to speak, you know, literally a week before um, the ultimate example of grace being, you know, Jesus laying down his life for us on, um, you know, this week. So it's just it was a it was a amazing moment. And I was just very thankful that the Lord gave me that opportunity. So I just wanted to share that with you guys real quick. And thank you for all the um, people who messaged me, encouraging me, telling me they were praying for me and stuff like that. That was awesome. So thank you guys for that. So um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my man, Carl Cox, the bearded chaplain. How you doing today, man? <laughs> I'm great, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. Been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah. Yes, a lot of obstacles, but we're we're gonna make it happen, man. So thank you for having me. I'm I'm greatly honored. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm excited for this. So, we got, uh, so you got several nicknames, not just the bearded chaplain. You got your t- <laughs> Carl Ox Cox. Yep. So Ox, like the, uh, I actually got it on my shirt. The, we the, go. Bearded, the bearded Ox. So I'm I a uh, two time, I know, man, two time champion power lifter. And uh, what, how that became famous, I used that only one hand not to, is, um, <laughs> I totaled, so if you if you follow powerlifting, you have three lifts, a squat, a bench, and a deadlift. And I totaled, for fun, uh, uh, totaled close to 1,200 pounds lifted in under a minute. It's actually on my Instagram somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it was a, I think, a, a 320 squat, a 315 bench, and a, a three. Three, three twenty, three thirty deadlift, all within like fifty seconds. Because Instagram, Jeez. I think at the time, Instagram would only let you uh, record in a minute, so I had to get it as fast as possible. So that's kind of how it started. Because an older lady saw it, and she was like, "You're as strong as an ox." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well, so yeah, if, if I need uh, like a security guard or something, I know who to hit up for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know I got a gall too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a cool story. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I wanted to get into your testimony a little bit about family life and stuff like that. But before we do, I, we got the big three. It's just three random questions. I do it anytime I got a guest on here. So you ready to go? Yeah, man. All right. So question number one, this one might be easy for you. Uh, since you weightlift and stuff like that, I'm sure you listen to a lot of music. What song would make the best theme music for your life? Oh man, I'm yeah. gonna throw a curveball to a lot of people. Um, by the band Striper. Okay, you ever heard of Striper? Uh, I know who they are. I'm not super familiar okay. with their work. I know who they are. Well, it's it's a song uh, entitled Yahweh. Okay. Oh, uh, it's like the most epic metal sounding. Like it, it is. It basically gives the gospel, man. Like the entire lyrics gives the gospel, and uh, the chorus is like "Yo, it's it's like a choir and stuff. It's incredible. Oh, so that would cool. probably be, anytime I, I'm getting ready for a big lift in the gym or something, yeah. that song was on. Yep. There we go. I like it. I thought when you said a curveball, yeah. I thought you were going to come with like some Taylor Swift or uh, Justin Don't Bieber or something. <laughs> that so I did uh, leading up to my last powerlifting meet. I was in my head. And so if you've ever lifted weights for any, any guys listening, lift weights. Uh, and I mean that generally, I don't mean guy specific. Yeah. Um, you, there's always something that you can't seem to overcome. Right. So that's why I like lifting weights because it's like life. You have to overcome an obstacle or some form of resistance against you. And mm-hmm. I had a point in my deadlift where I could not reach a certain mark. Mm-hmm. And it drove me crazy. So the only way, and this is going to sound really stupid, but the only way that I could get myself over it would I would have to play Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. <laughs> oh, there you go. Whatever you got to do. And I and I would dance and do the little thing, you know, whatever. <laughs> I did, man. I'm serious. People <laughs> thought I was nuts, but nobody, I'm, I'm too big to tell, right? Yeah. But uh, that's what I had to do to get myself in a place where I could actually lift because I would psych myself up too much. Wow, man. That's crazy. That's, that's funny. Cause I just, it's just a random name and you're like, well, actually I got a story about that. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. That's funny. 
All right. So uh, question number two, craziest thing that you ever did off of a dare? Craziest thing I ever did off of a dare? Yeah. It's a Christian show. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Craziest thing I ever did off of a dare? Yeah. Kind of your typical stuff, man, in high school. Um run off the pier and jump in the water naked or I think it was like one thirty in the morning or something like that. I don't remember. Not too crazy. I'm naturally by nature a goofball anyway. So yeah. Um, I actually did. Um <laughs> I actually ran into a store in the mall that is famous for selling only female gotcha. uh outfits and yeah. I asked if they had my size. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it's sad to say, but nowadays you got guys going in there being for real asking that question. <laughs> yeah. So now you got to think this was this was years and years ago where that yeah. wasn't a thing. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah irony I, of, wow. Yeah. You were ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time, <laughs> man. You Yeah. I saw, uh, I heard, I think it was yesterday, or the day before, it was one day this week where some Nike gave, some dude, a uh, he's like uh, promoting their their women's line of uh, sports bras. Some guy, and so it's just like, I, you know, where are all the feminists at? You know what I'm saying? Like we now uh, we're saying a guy it. is a better female than an actual female. Like that's you know when you're promoting that stuff, obviously sex sells. So they're trying to say a man is more attracted to a dude playing dress up than a female you know what i'm saying like it's just yeah it's unreal it's unreal well it's kind of like the guy uh what is it last week or the week before entered a powerlifting meet he's got a beard like mine entered a powerlifting meet as a woman and broke a world record like really go figure right like straight up but he just said you know i'm a woman i identify as a woman he got in there cold and, and the person believe it or not it was a it was a transgender athlete set the record as a man pretending to be a female um, or maybe that was trying to become a, a, a female, whatever. And he actually went in just as a guy, mm-hmm. uh, not even really trying, but just said, I identify as a woman, went in there and broke a record. Like it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are upset and I don't know if I want to compete in powerlifting anymore. Like how, how can it be um, not even legal, but how can it be taken with integrity you know, and I, I see that. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. For everything. And it's just a shame too, because it's going to get to where <clears throat> it's, it just makes a mockery obviously of women and especially like young women and stuff like that coming up. Because like, if it, it's going to get to the point where in the future you try to take your daughter out there to play soccer, you try to take your daughter out there to play T-ball and it's both and she's playing against all boys. You know what I'm saying? And it's just yeah. a shame, you know, so some of these States, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's probably, there's not as much of it here. Um, in the South, you know, there's there's a little bit of it, but you know, some of these places, that's all it's already happening, and it's just it drives me crazy. You know what I'm saying? Just just I don't know. We don't we don't, we can go down a whole rabbit hole. But let's, uh, we'll go ahead and go move on here. So, question number three: If you could have um, free meals at one fast food chain for the rest of your life, which would it be? My wife would hate this answer. Uh, Little Caesars. Little Caesars, really love it. Love it. Love Little Caesars Pizza, man. Yeah, that three meat treat. That thing is serious. 
Man, it's just uh, I don't know. For me, it's it's uh it's just the best. This is my personal preference. The best tasting pizza there is. So yeah, man. We, me and my wife we're big fans of uh CC's Pizza. You know, just a buffet. Okay. But yeah. um, they had one here close by where we live, but then they just closed it down. It was there for like 26 or 27 years, something like that. And they just shut it down. A lot of these places I'm seeing that I'm sure, I'm sure it's everywhere. They're closing down because nobody's, you know, going out as much. Everything is taking it back to the house. And, you know, ever since 2020, it's all takeout, takeout, you know, not going out as much. But, yeah, you for know, sure. what can you do? So, yeah, so that's the big three. Um, just a little warm up to get us going. So. Um, if you, if you don't mind share a little bit of, uh, you know, your testimony, whatever you feel comfortable sharing as far as, yeah. you know, marriage wise, parent wise, whatever you want to get into. And then we'll just go from there. Yeah, man. So, um, father of one wife, given <laughs> what we were just talking about, you kind of have to throw that out there, right? Yeah. Uh, father of one wife, I mean, a husband of one wife, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, father of one son, uh, my son will be three in June. Um, Honeymoon baby. So this year we'll be married four years. My son, uh, we found out like basically whenever we got back from our honeymoon, man. Uh, <laughs> be careful if you go to Jamaica. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, my 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 story of coming to know the Lord and and subsequently getting into ministry is 2003. This is this is a, a one that a lot of people still have a hard time understanding. 2003. Uh, my mom had a surgery, a hysterectomy. Uh, the next morning they got her up to take a shower. Um, uh, she threw a blood clot from her leg to her lung, killing her. Um, she was recorded dead for 56 minutes. And I saw my mom literally raised back to life. Um, no doctor, no nurse was touching her. Uh, the nurse went in. I assumed they said to get something out of the room. They had been doing CPR on her the entire time. Uh, my mom opens her eyes and starts breathing on her own. And uh, for 47 days, man, um, it was a nonstop battle. And God has completely restored her. She takes care of my son during the week and talked to her earlier today. Mine is good. Body's good. Everything is good, man. And ultimately, you see something like that. That's going to change your life. Right. Kind of like you think about the TV show, The Chosen, right? When they what, what does they say? This changes everything. Right. Or now from this moment forward, everything changes. And so you go through something like that, man, my life is forever changed. And so in that moment, I was just like, God, I don't care what you do. Use me to do it. I want to be a part of, of your will and your your word and your kingdom being established in this earth. And that started a whole journey to where I am now. I'm a chaplain now for a police department. And, um, man, I, I, I can't thank God enough for that gift, but then also at the same time, just his word and his faithfulness. Around that time. So you weren't a follower before then this was just kind of like the, the complete 180 for you. I, I was man, but it was the typical. So, uh, uh, growing up, I played, uh, and still do, uh, play drums. And so I would, I was in church because I played drums at church. Gotcha. Um, I, I called myself a Christian, did Christian things, but is the relationship real? Is there really a, an authentic experience that produces a real change in your life? At that time, there wasn't. I was a teenager doing my own deal, doing what I, you know, uh, doing what most do growing up. I uh, go off to college at the Atlanta Institute of Music. 
uh, tour professionally, playing music for, for many years. And, and so that encounter, that moment with my mom said, okay, first of all, this is very serious. I've seen God do something miraculous. And so life has to change. And from that day forward, it has. So it was a, it, it was a 180. Yeah. God, you know, there, there's different, everyone has different levels in life where God has to get you at that point. You know what I'm saying? To kind of get your attention. Yep. Yeah. So to hear that, I mean, that's, that's insane. You know, I've, I've not experienced anything like that in my life, but I feel like there's a lot of people that when you say something like that, they're like, Oh, well, God doesn't still work that way. Although, you know, the Holy spirit still doesn't work that way. But when you hear stories like that recent, what is she said? 56 minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. recorded. It was actually longer than that. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's just, it just shows there's, there's, I think there's a lot of downplaying of the Holy spirit's power nowadays. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just admit there was a while because of the way that I grew up where I downplayed the Holy Spirit. You know, I rededicated my life in 2020. And ever since then, it's been more of that trying to um, just not only seek Jesus, but like the authentic Jesus and also like the power that we have through the Holy Spirit. And that's why like, like today we're recording on Good Friday. And this year, it's kind of hit me harder than any other. And I think just because my relationship with Jesus has been strengthened so much this year. So to just think about the price that he paid for us and the, the all the years that I personally took him for granted, like even for somebody like I was raised in a Christian home, you know, I was raised in church. I knew about Jesus, but there's so many times that I'm like, man, I took Jesus for granted. And then to think about all the things that he had to go through you know, for me. And it's just like, man, how can I not want to give my life to him and and try to give him the best return that I possibly can? You know what I mean? Yeah, completely agree. So thinking about Good Friday, I I tend to, because of the story that I just told you, so I look at Good Friday from the standpoint of the disciples. Um, Every, Mm. this man man that I believed in, this is the Messiah. He is the son of God. Even when Jesus said, you know, who do men say that I am? You know, well, you're this, you're that. And he said, you know, but who do you say? So this is a very personal thing to them. And the person that you followed changed your life. You've seen miracles take place. People raised from the dead. Now he's dead. And it is the most like excruciating thing of this person that I believed was everything. Now it appears that I don't know if I'm wavering in my faith, but it seems like in this mm. moment, I don't, I don't really. Yeah. I think it's over. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I think that's one thing you talked about the chosen a second ago. I think that's one thing that the chosen does such a good job of is giving you that perspective from the disciples point of view. And yeah, because uh, yeah, you think about that when, when it all comes to an end like that, where they see that he's dead and they, they're probably thinking in that moment too, well, maybe what everybody else was saying was right about him. You know, maybe he wasn't really who he said he was, you know, because you, I've, I've heard people talk before about, I can't remember where it was. It's in, I think it's in the book of Matthew. I want to say where Jesus tells um, Peter to go to the sea, to get to fish the um, fish out of the water and take the coin out of its mouth. And it had enough, money in its mouth to pay for the taxes that Peter owed and the taxes that Jesus owed, but it didn't have any more money in its mouth. And the other disciples were there with them. It said that in scripture, like the other disciples were there. So I've heard some people say like, they think that all of the disciples were maybe under 
20 years old because the tax you you didn't have to pay it unless you were it was either 20 or 21. And so you think about a lot of these guys because a lot of these in that day too, that era, you know, people were older, you know, a 12 year old then was a lot older than a 12 year old now. 12 year old then is like a 25 year old now, you know? Yeah. So you think about that and, and you see all those moments throughout Jesus's life where he's having to constantly tell them, you know, like you, you're, you know, why is your faith so small or this or that? A lot of these dudes might've been teenagers, you know? Absolutely. So to be yeah. 17, 18 years old, and then you're thinking, okay, I'm following the Messiah, the person we've been waiting for for years. And then, like you said, next thing I know, oh, well, well, they took him and now he's dead. You know, what now? Yeah, that's crazy. I never even, I've never thought about it from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, and it makes total sense. You know, I, I love, see, man, I, I love historical facts like that, that things to think about that maybe necessarily scripture doesn't give an answer to. Yeah. But why would that not have been done? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one thing that I think that they talk about is um, uh, where were they married? Were they not married? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a specific I mean, you go back and read on it that, that Jesus talks about um, who was it? Uh, was it Peter's uh, mother in law? He healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what I mean, so it's like, yeah, let's don't blow past all that stuff, man. Let, let's really look at that. Because that shows a different compassionate side of Jesus, because not only is he caring for you, helping you understand the message of the gospel that he is bringing, but then also, too, he cares about your your wife, your uh, mother-in-law. Right. So mm-hmm. these are all things. And it's there's a it gives Jesus a completely different dynamic that if we if we read too fast, we just blow over top of that. Like you're talking about with the, the coin in the fish's mouth, man. Um, let, let's I think. You know, my big thing is let's stop and let's see all the intricate details that we can figure out and learn just by reading the scripture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was listening to a sermon the other day. I can't remember the pastor, but he was talking about how when Jesus rode into town on on, rode in to Jerusalem on the donkey. Right. So when he sends the disciples ahead to get the donkey they don't even realize in that moment that they're fulfilling a prophecy from Zechariah chapter nine, where it talks about how the king's going to ride in on the donkey. They don't know they're fulfilling prophecy. They're just doing what they're told. And so it's like when you think about that, you think about Jesus is going to take care of the fulfillment of the prophecy because he wrote in on. But you have a part to play in it as well. And he's asking you, maybe it's something as simple as just going and untying a donkey and bringing it back to me. But then through that, like the prophecy is fulfilled of, you know, from, from the text in the old Testament. So it's just to see the way that scripture if all of scripture just points to Jesus. It's crazy to think about and just blowing by it. You can miss all these little intricate details. And, you know, especially for somebody that grows up in a Christian home, that was one thing that, and I, and I guess that's why, like I said a second ago, that this year it's been more sobering to me thinking about good Fridays because I have, um, developed more relationship with Jesus and dug more into the word over the last two years than I ever have in my life. And you miss so many things. Like even I'll go back and read, like I'm in the book of Genesis right now. And like growing up, you hear those stories, you know, in Sunday school and stuff like that. And then you go back and read them and they're like, this wasn't anything like I remembered at all, you know? And so just yeah, going. One of the biggest things for me, uh, I'm in a group we call it, it's, it's a group of men. Uh, and, and we call ourselves Jesus after dark, right? Because we talk about any and everything. 
what does scripture really say about stuff? And so we got yeah. on the top the other day, what you're saying. You know what mine was? Samson. Mm. Okay. Always taught the just don't drink, smoke, chew, or hang out with those who do. If you do, they're going to gouge your eyes out. Stay away from all the women. They're going to gouge. And I, that's how I was raised, man. And then what I've learned from reading the story of Samson for myself is that in many ways, I can see myself in that same story. And it's not just this overwhelming. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not portraying him to be an angel by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But you look at that and then you look at the book of Hebrews that he's mentioned actually in basically the Hall of Fame of Faith. Yeah. What was it? You know what I mean? And then if you go back to the beginning of the story of Samson, which a lot of people miss, that there was a reason why he was even put on this earth to fulfill a, a freeing of uh, God's people. You know what I mean? And that, But I was never taught that growing up, man. So mm -hmm. stuff like that, I, I completely get what you're saying. And I think that's the beauty of God is that he would allow you to get to this point in 2023 and it would touch you so deeply that you would just be renewed and regenerated in a way that is just, man, you, I just sit back and, and really, I don't use the word awesome a lot because I think that is only given to God because I really, it, you can be in awe at everything that God does, man. It's exactly what you're saying. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. But I thought, no, no, I thought no, no, that's good. That's good. Growing up in a Christian home, like, man, you, you hear this all the time. I can recite all the stories to you, give you the books of the Bible, the whole deal. But when does it become real? Mm -hmm. When did it become real for you? When did it become real for me? Because at that moment, in my personal opinion, in my belief, that's when you start living. When it becomes real to you, then it becomes a real life. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's that's so good. And, you know, just, just getting into the work for yourself, too, not only do you find out new things each and every time you read? Because that's what it says when it says the Bible is living and breathing. You know, it's it's like just last night I was reading in Genesis. I, I want to say it was like 44 or 45. It's right after, um, it's right during the famine. Of, of Joseph is storing up the food and all that. And one thing that I thought was interesting, and I was never taught this growing up, was if you look at Jacob, if you look in Genesis chapter 32, He's scared because he's about to go see Esau. And, you know, the last time that he's and I did a podcast about this a while back, so I'm not going to talk about all this, but I just found out this next part last night. So Jacob's scared for tomorrow because tomorrow he's going to have to go see Esau. Right. So he divides up his camp. You know, he's got his game plan of what he's going to do. He he divides up some of his property, some of his goods, some of his flocks. And he's like, I'm going to give him a gift because I'm terrified. Maybe this gift will kind of soften the blow, you know. First of all, dude, you stole his birthright and you stole his blessing. I don't think a couple of goats is going to make up for it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so so he gives it. He's he's trying to send the gift, right? So then, if you fast forward to um, uh, Jacob's sons getting ready to go back to Egypt after Joseph sends them back, he prepares for them. A, he prepares a gift. He's like, send this gift to Joseph. When he sends when, uh, in Genesis 32, when he prepares the gift for Esau, God basically shows up in the middle of the night. He wrestles with God all night long. You know, we know that story. So God shows himself to him in that moment. Right. So then years later, he's still kind of going back to the same old Jacob. I'm scared. So I'm going to prepare a gift for Joseph. And then that night, God comes to him in a, in a dream and is like, do not be scared. I'm going to be with you. I never noticed that before. I never noticed that in scripture. And it's like seeing and and he's another one that's in the the Hebrews Hall of Fame right there you know Jacob and you you think about that and you're like even these great 
people from the Bible, people that we read about struggle with faith. They have to be reminded over and over again that God is with you. God is who he says he is. God is for you. And so it like gives us hope as believers. Like, yeah, you might be tripping over the same thing. Yeah, you might be struggling with something, but God is with you the whole way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that I couldn't have said that any better, man. And and to go back to the Good Friday thing, man, that's that's the whole thing is that how many times did, did Jesus say, don't fear, trust? I mean, you can go to the storms. You can go to all these different instances, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. right? Like that should have been the moment to let's go after it. Let's fight. We got to protect what's ours, right? Protect this house. And he's like, no, no, no. It's okay. Right. If you, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword yeah. and all of these moments where, where it's constantly being reminded. And you know what I think is that's what I think troubles me the most is like, man, how much am I missing? Right. Because there's so much have faith, fear, not fear, not in, in the Bible over 300 times, but yet we can't tell you all the scriptures for it. We can't tell you all the context for it, but yet we still fear. And this is like, why do we, we know, I, I did a post on Facebook the other day about, so this day, Jesus was going to be crucified as we look at the Holy Week, right? Jesus nailed physically his flesh to the tree. Why can't we nail our flesh to the tree, our wants, our desires, our feelings? Why can't we nail that to the tree? But he's told us time and time and time again, fear not, trust in me. Only have your your faith in me, you know, fear not, like over and over and over. It's like, man, we just, why can I not get it? Ultimately, I think it is the result of you have God and you have man, right? We're always going to struggle with this. Um, but it's so true, man. It's just like, and, and this is the thing that I, I like telling people is this just didn't start in 2023. You go back to Joseph, you go back to Abraham, you go back to Noah, right? God has been saying the whole time, hey, I'm here. It's okay. Hang on. The last verse of the book of Matthew, right? Uh, and lo and be, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That's the very last verse. Next thing, Jesus is gone. Um, that was kind of his last words that we really need to take hold of, yet we just struggle with it greatly. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really tough. Man. It is. It is. And I think part, a lot of it is like you said, that flesh, like Paul says, like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This body we're in this sin nature. Like this, this body knows that like after we die, it's done. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this body doesn't live forever. Our spirit is what lives forever. Our spirit is what lives on. So our body is going to try to hold us back from being all that we can be for the Lord, because it knows that once it's time is over on this earth, whether it be, you know, 70, 80, 90 years, However many years you're, you're alive, once it's over, it's over. And the only thing that goes is the spirit. So that's it for part one. Hope you guys enjoyed this first of two episodes with Carl Cox. It was truly an honor to have him on. As you can tell, the conversation just kind of organically went to a place that uh, kind of wasn't really expecting, but it was just amazing the direction that it's going. And part two, I think, is even more powerful because we get into this stuff a little bit deeper and 
So I hope you guys enjoyed. Hopefully you guys come back next week, Lord willing, same time next week. Um, yeah, go out there and, and do everything that you can for the kingdom, guys, because it's needed now more than ever. Love you guys. Remember, we're all called to act, so let's get after it.